So today we are wrapping up our Life Hacks series, and so you can uh, grab your teaching notes out of Connect News and uh, also open your Bibles up to Proverbs chapter 15, because that's where we're going to go in a few minutes. Uh, But we've taken the last few weeks to talk about this idea of life hacks, really simple principles that help us to be able to do life better. And in particular, we've been focusing on some of the life hacks that we discover in the book of Proverbs. And uh, so in the last couple of weeks, we talked about the idea of what it looks like to trust God and to be able to trust God with everything that we've got, even in the difficult times that we go through. And we've also talked about what it looks like to work hard and to give God our best in everything that we do. And today we're going to wrap this series up by talking about the very simple principle that words matter. And so as we begin, I want to ask you to think of a time where someone said something to you that made a huge difference in your life. So it could have been a time when someone gave you a really big encouragement about something. Someone who said that you did a really amazing job on a project that you're working with, either in a work context or some other field, where someone just said, you nailed that. That was so great. Thank you so much for the work that you did. Could be a time where someone sent you a thank you card or said thank you to you for something else or sent you an email to say how much they were grateful for. Or it could just be someone who said how much they appreciate you and they didn't have a reason whatsoever, which is even more special, but they just said, I really, really appreciate you. I hope that all of us can try and think of a time where we have experienced that in one way or another. My suspicion is, though, that for a lot of us, we can't necessarily remember exactly what was said. We may be able to, but for a lot of us, it might be more of a vague recollection. I do remember that this person said some things that were really meaningful for me at the time. Even if we can't remember exactly what it was, though, we know that those moments really change us. Those moments where people speak encouragement into our lives, those moments where people thank us for the things that we do and they say how much they appreciate us, It really does something to us inside. Now, I also want you to think of a time where someone said something to you that really hurt you. So it could be that someone said something really negative about you. It could be that someone told you off for something that you did or they told you off for something that you didn't do. Or it could be that you put your heart and soul into something and then at the end of all of that, someone came up to you and just drilled you about something that was completely unrelated to that. It's like all of that work and for what? What was the point of everything that I put into that? My suspicion is that almost all of us can instantly think of a moment where we've experienced that. That all of us have very strong memories and probably know exactly what was said of moments when we have been criticised or when people have said negative things to us or about us or where people have torn us down. And that's why today's focus is on the power of words. That we want to recognise that the things that we say have an incredible amount of power over other people. That we have the privilege of being able to build people up and to encourage people with the things that we say But we also have to be really careful because we can easily run the risk of tearing people down and causing significant damage with the words that we say. Our words really do matter. So Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 
So we want to unpack each of these verses and see what we can learn from them. So the first one is, verse one, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Here we can recognise that we can use our words to stop fires, or we can use our words to stoke fires. The context of what's being said here is in the midst of an argument or a really, really hard conversation about something. And the question to wrestle with is how we respond when we're confronted or when we're attacked. What we're encouraged to respond with is gentleness. And we've talked before about how gentleness is simply strength under control. Gentleness is not this idea that we just kind of roll over and don't say anything. Gentleness is responding, but it's responding in a controlled way. A gentle answer means that we respond with kindness, that we respond with a sense of humility, which means that we don't think the other person's better than us, but we don't think the other person's worse than us either. We see ourselves as equal and therefore can have a really healthy conversation around that. We take some time to think about what might be happening for the other person and why they've come and attacked us in the way that they have. Maybe there's some other stuff that's going on for them. And we're told that when we choose to respond in that way with a sense of gentleness, that that actually deflects anger, that it turns anger away, that it stops anger from progressing further. So it is important to recognise that we are told that an answer should be given here. This is one of the dangers that we risk and sometimes we've been told if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Some of you chose to do that then, so, but that was, uh, so if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. Or we choose to kind of go off in a huff and in a bit of a sulk. Or we choose to give someone the silent treatment as we respond. Those aren't responding with gentleness at all. Sometimes we can think they are, but that's still not giving an answer. The challenge is about the way in which we give an answer. And is that increasing or decreasing the intensity that's in the situation? And the example that is used in some other translations, and when you unpack what's being said behind the scenes here, is the idea of a fire. To really talk about when there's already a fire that's raging, we have a couple of options about what we can do. We can pour some more fuel onto the fire. So the message translation actually talks about the idea of our words being like kindling, which can make a fire spark up even more, or we can pour petrol onto the fire and see it explode. Or we can make the choice to say, I'm going to pour water or sand onto the fire and help it to die down. So the challenge for us is to say, when we're in those situations where the heat is starting to rise, are we people who increase the heat or are we people who decrease the heat? Are we stopping the fire or are we stoking the fire so that it takes off? As people who are called to be peacemakers, which means that we're called to be peace creators, our focus is always on saying, how can we find a way of resolving conflict but to do that in the most peace-filled way. Well, secondly, we're told that the words that we say can make us have other people say, ah, thank you so much, that's really, really helpful. Or our words can make other people say, thank you so much for nothing, that was not helpful. So verse two says, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. This is why we love the Proverbs, just put it right out there. So we've talked throughout this series about the difference between knowledge and wisdom, that knowledge is just learning a whole bunch of stuff. Wisdom is knowing how and when to apply the knowledge that we've got. And so we're told here that wisdom is about applying knowledge and sharing knowledge with other people at the right time. It's about us stopping long enough to think about what we're saying, 
when we're saying it and to whom we're saying it. And in particular to say, is this something that's helpful for the person who's listening? Is this actually something that's going to help the other person? Or are we foolish people who just talk and talk and talk for the sake of it or talk because we want to prove how clever we are and share all of our knowledge even if it's not relevant to other people? The message translation puts it this way, knowledge flows like spring water from the wise, but fools are leaky faucets, dripping nonsense. So the contrast here is to say, are we like spring water? That's really refreshing for people, that when we share the knowledge that we've got and when we share wise words with people, their response is, oh, thank you, that's so helpful, that was so refreshing, that's exactly what I needed right now. Or are we more like a dripping tap? That's just drip, 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 drip. Will someone please just turn that off and make it stop? The other analogy that's often used in some of the translations and some of the background here is actually about the difference between a a stream that's flowing nicely, which again provides clean drinking water, helpful in what we're talking about with Safe Water September, compared to a stream that has burst its banks and has sent flood water everywhere. And in particular, the idea of polluted flood water that's just pouring out everywhere. So again, we can think about the difference that in a conversation, when we're sharing with someone else, are we stopping and thinking, is this helpful for the other person in the way that this is like offering them a clean drink of water that they have a sip of and say, oh, thank you, that's so helpful. Or are we just spraying a hose of polluted water at them that drenches them where they say, oh, thanks for nothing, that was not helpful in the slightest. Verse 3 then reminds us that all of the words that we say are heard by God. Verse 3 says, The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. And it's good for us to stop and think about how we take this verse. What's our instant response when we hear these words? The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. We genuinely believe that God does know everything that God knows everything about us, that he knows the actions that we do, he knows the words that we speak, but more than that, he knows our thoughts and he knows our motives, he knows what's going on in our hearts. So how does that make us feel? Do we feel a little bit guilty and ashamed and on edge? The Lord is watching everywhere, so you'd better be careful about how you're behaving. Do we have this sense of like, oh, I've got to be on edge, I better make sure that I get everything right and I better not just make sure my words are right, but my thoughts, everything, because if I don't, God's watching all the time. It's going to be terrifying. Or do we recognise that what that means is that we're actually free to come before God, especially in those times when we mess up, and to tell him what he already knows, and to be able to confess and offload those mistakes that we make, and to be able to receive his forgiveness. To be able to say, if God already knows all of the things that we say, if God already knows all of the things that we think, we don't have to come to him and say, God, I need to tell you something. I messed up. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> we come in freedom to be able to say, God, I'm sorry that I didn't live the way that you wanted me to. I'm sorry that I didn't use my words to help other people, but I chose to use them for negative reasons. I ask for your forgiveness, and I know that I receive that forgiveness, and so now I can get back on the horse and keep going. There's also a comfort here to be able to recognise that God knows all of the evil that's happening in the world. We don't have to feel like we have to come and tug on God's jumper and say, God, did you know that's happening over there? Did you hear what that person said? God knows everything that's going on. 
And so we can come to him again in freedom to say, God, I know that you know how much that's hurting that person or I know that you know that that situation is not right but I trust you that you are at work and that your perspective is bigger than mine. We're then told in verse 4 that our words can also give life or they can take life. Verse 4 says, Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So gentle words are wholesome words, healing words, words that encourage people, words that strengthen people and build them up. And we're told that those sorts of words function kind of like a tree of life. And so think about a beautiful, massive tree that provides shade and shelter, provides an opportunity to be able to climb the tree and to be able to have some fun and enjoy yourself there. A tree that provides fruit, that gives life to people. Those are what gentle words bring. When we speak words that are filled with encouragement, we're helping people to sit under a tree that's like that. A deceitful tongue, on the other other hand, which is a tongue that twists words around, that twists, distorts the truth, says half-truths, things that aren't quite the right way that they are, that ends up crushing the spirit. It ends up wounding, destroying, corrupting to the very core is what we're told. And so again, we have this choice to make, to say, are the words that I speak in the conversations that I have giving life to people? Are they providing shade for people, somewhere for someone to rest? Are they providing fruit for people to be able to have some sustenance? Are they helping them to leave after a conversation with me saying, oh, I feel refreshed, I can get on with life? Or are we twisting and corrupting words that end up meaning that people walk around, walk away from us feeling wounded, feeling hurt, feeling torn down, feeling like they're crushed? Are we using our words to stop fires or to stoke fires? Are we using our words to make people say, ah, thank you so much for that? Or, ooh, thanks for nothing. Are we using our words to give life or to take life? This is really, really important because throughout the New Testament, we're told that ultimately as a church, one of the biggest things that we should focus on is what it means to be a community of encouragement. Throughout the New Testament, we read words like this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language, but let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Over and over again, we're told that as a church, encouraging each other, especially with our words, is a key part of why we're here. And it's a great thing for us to think about. After people spend time with us as a church, whether that's when we're gathered together on a Sunday morning, whether that's when people are a part of our youth ministry, whether that's when people come here for playgroup or they're part of Diamonds or they come here for food distribution, when people engage with us as a church, do they leave feeling lifted up? Do they leave feeling a sense of encouragement? Do they leave feeling inspired, feeling ready to go out and face the world? Or do they walk away feeling weighed down, feeling more burdened than when they first came here, feeling wounded, feeling deflated, feeling discouraged. And it's helpful for us to think about that in our personal interactions with people as well. 
as we engage with people throughout the week, when we have conversations with people, do they walk away feeling a sense of being lifted up, feeling a sense of being encouraged, being strengthened, having had life-giving water that's been given to them, having had an opportunity to rest and recuperate? Or do people walk away from us feeling weighed down, feeling deflated, feeling hurt and wounded? Now, none of this means that we shouldn't have hard conversations at all. It is really important as a part of our authenticity to talk about the things that matter, especially when there are challenges. But the question is to say, in every interaction that we have with people, do we do it with gentleness, with strength under control? Do we do it with love as our core motivation? Do we do it wanting the very best for the other person? Or do we, if we're honest, just do it so that we can win the argument? And if we're struggling with this, which for some of us that's true, it's like I want to use my words to be able to encourage people, but I just find time after time that I end up saying things that I don't mean or being harsher than I expect to, uh, to be, we have to remember that ultimately our words flow out of our hearts. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 43, A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And so if we are really struggling with the words that are coming out of our mouth, or possibly more likely if we're struggling with the words that we would like to allow to come out of our mouth but our filter stops us, then maybe we need to do a bit of work to dig a bit deeper and say, what's going on inside? What's happening in my heart at the moment? Because so often in the conversations that we have when we say things that we don't mean, it's got nothing to do with the other person and it's often got nothing to do with the situation. If we're honest with ourselves, it's stuff that we're processing and stuff that we're going through in our own lives. And I think that that's probably more important than it's ever been because of what this year has been like. I have lost track of the number of conversations I've had with people, especially in the last month or so, about about just how tired and worn down we're all feeling. And it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. (laughs) If you think about what this year has been like, all of the stuff that happened heading into March and going into lockdown and all the change that we went through and all of the change coming back out of that, that was enormous. But we continue to be in this really, really challenging time where everywhere we go, we're reminded that life's not the way that it's supposed to be. As you came here this morning, you had to think through a whole bunch of extra things that you wouldn't normally have to think through. Oh, I've got to remember to check in. I've got to remember that I've got to sit a metre and a half away. I've got to remember to hand sanitise. I've got to remember that I'm not supposed to sing. Like all of these extra layers of stuff. And everywhere that we go, that's what we're reminded of. Every time we go to a cafe, we're reminded that it's there even if we can sit a little bit closer to each other. Every time we go to the shops, And for those of us who have responsibility to organise things, there's all of these extra layers. Every time we think about doing anything, we've got to think through all of this extra stuff about what it means for us to pull off anything that we normally would do. So it shouldn't surprise us that internally, all of us, the undercurrent that we've got is a little bit rocky at the moment. All of us are struggling in all sorts of different ways with tiredness and exhaustion. And then we've got the reality that we don't know how long this is going to go on for. 
Is this weeks? Is this months? Is this going to be until there's a vaccine? What if there isn't a vaccine? And we look at what's happening around the world. We recognise how privileged we are here in Australia and how privileged we are here in Adelaide in particular. But we look at other parts of the world where the virus is spiking again. What does that mean? What does that look like? It shouldn't surprise any of us that internally there's a lot going on. But that's not an excuse for us to not recognise that our words matter. We need to take the time to be able to say, what's going on for me? How am I processing through that stuff as well as all the normal stuff that's just a part of life? And how is that impacting the things that flow? The words I say come out of what's happening in my heart. And so if there's stuff that's going on for you, it's worth taking some time to just sit down and reflect. To take some time to sit down and journal, write some things down and say, why am I feeling the way that I am? It's worth taking some time to talk to someone, talk to a close friend. It's worth taking the time to go and make an appointment, to see someone, to see a counsellor or a psychologist and be able to talk through what's going on internally. Don't just keep wading into things and then get frustrated with yourself. How come I keep making the same mistakes? Stop. Think about what's going on inside and how that's flowing out. So I know there's a lot of stuff there, and so I want to give us an opportunity to do some reflecting about that. With this question, how am I using my words? Very simply, how am I using my words? We think through the different things that we've covered this morning. So when I'm confronted, when I'm in a difficult conversation with someone that's kind of starting to flame up, how do I respond? Do I pour more fuel on the fire, or do I help the fire to die down? Am I using my words to help other people, to be able to give them a fresh, refreshing drink of water? Or am I just trying to show you how clever I am or overwhelming them or just like a dripping tap that's frankly really, really annoying? Am I providing shade, sustenance, refreshment and life in the conversations that I have with people? Or if I'm honest, do I find that often I distort things or I twist things and ultimately I know that that ends up causing damage and taking life away from people? And practically speaking, as I head into this week, what does it look like for me to be a person of encouragement? As I think about what's ahead of me this week, the people that I'm going to see, as I spend time with my family, as I connect with my neighbours, as I go and do the shopping, as I talk to people at work, as I connect with friends, how can I be a person of encouragement? What does it mean, practically speaking, for me to go into conversations with people with that mindset to say, how can I build people up in the conversations that I have And if all of that feels really, really hard, and I know that my headspace is not in a great place to be able to do that, what does it mean for me to take some time to reflect and find out what's really going on inside so that I can get my heart in a space that allows me to be a person of encouragement? So I want to give you a couple of minutes to be able to do some reflecting on that. You can jot some thoughts down on uh, your teaching notes. You can talk to the person next to you. Uh, But just take a few minutes to talk about practically speaking what this looks like and what one takeaway is as you head into this week. And then we'll come back together and pray.
pray. God, we thank you that you are aware of everything that goes on in our lives. That you are aware of the times when we get it right. You are aware of the times when we don't. But we also know that that means that you're aware of how we're feeling as we spend this time together this morning. You know the things that have happened for us this week. You know the challenges that we've been through. You know the things that are going well in our lives. And so we thank you that as we process through this, that we don't have to put on an act. We don't have to pretend to be something that we're not with you, that we can be real and honest and vulnerable before you as we think about what it means for us to apply what you've challenged us about. We do know that our words carry an incredible amount of power and that we have so many opportunities day in and day out to be able to be people who can come alongside of others and encourage them and build them up and help them to be the best that they can. But we also know that we have the potential day in and day out to be people who can cause damage in the things that we say, in the way that we say the things that we say. You know that our heart's desire for all of us is to be the first, that we want to be people who can be encouragers. We know that that's what you've called us to be as a church and we know that that's what you've called us to be as people who follow you, Jesus. And so we ask that as we head into this week, you would help us to be conscious of the words that we use, to know the opportunities that we've got to be able to be a life-giving drink of water to someone, an opportunity to shade someone, to give life to someone, and those opportunities where we can turn the heat down on conversations that are starting to go out of control. We also pray that you would help us to get in tune with how we are feeling in our hearts and to recognise that all of the things that come out of us ultimately are because of what's going on inside of us. And so for those of us who are struggling, for those of us who are in difficult places at the moment, again, we know that you understand what we're going through. And so we ask that in freedom you would help us to do some processing around that, whatever that looks like, and to be able to take some next steps in what it means for us to have our hearts become more and more tender and more and more aligned with you, Jesus, so that ultimately our words and our actions can reflect what it is to have your heart. So we thank you for this time and ask that as we head out into this week, you would continue to encourage us and challenge us about what it means to be your people. In your name we pray. Amen.